Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton. Welcome to the podcast, Power, Strength and Vulnerability. I probably shouldn't clap because that's going to go over my voice, but um, today's guest is the lovely, I won't embarrass her, it's June, June Mack. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, I'm super excited to have you. Um, obviously, reached out a couple of weeks ago um, for, I guess, multiple reasons. You're in this world of COVID, which we're hopefully only a couple of weeks. By the time this is released, hopefully we might be out of lockdown stage four and into lockdown stage three. But came across you because you're doing some inspiring work at the moment. Um, Thank you. Which I guess we'll park for now. Um, But it led led to me um, watching a video that you did where you opened up about your mental health um, and that's the first thing I want to talk about today and I saw a video where you're very vulnerable um, and you did mental health week, um, which is fantastic. Um, And I guess our first question to you is um, when was the first time you experienced mental health issues or a mental health illness? It was actually after I had my first daughter. So that was around six, she's six and a half now. So six and a half years ago. Um, I was actually okay the first couple of weeks after I had her. Um, It was literally, I think, two weeks in when I completely, like after having her, that I completely had some form of (laughs) mental breakdown and (laughs) (laughs) lost, just lost my shit is probably the easiest way of explaining it. So probably about two weeks. She was exactly two weeks old, I reckon, when it first started. Yeah, and that was my very first time experience really any type of mental health issues. So if we go back um, post-pregnancy, what was your understanding of mental health? What was your understanding of, I guess, postnatal depression, anxiety, um, depression, all of this kind of thing? I mean, like I... I was very, I was aware of it. I never, there was no one in our family that had ever gone through it really. I come, like my mum, I come from, my mum's a Filipino, so I come from an Asian background and they don't know if it's different now, but they're sort of old school with the whole mental health mentality. They really don't know a lot about it. Um, In my prenatal class, they spoke about the statistics of people getting postnatal depression. I think it was like, I can't remember, like one in six or something women. It was pretty high. It might even be higher now. It might be one in three. Um, yeah. Not entirely sure on that. Don't quote <laughs> me on that. Don't quite, don't quite do. <laughs> no, but um, they spoke about it and everyone kind of looked around like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, so she said, I remember the, the midwife saying someone in your class now, like someone is likely to get it here. And I remember looking around going, oh, yeah, like that's not going to be me kind of thing. Poor person, you know, who that's going to happen to. And I remember when it happened to me and someone sort of told me what it was that I was going through that I was like, oh, crap, that, <laughs> that was me, that person. <laughs> speaking about. me. I know, right? Um, yeah, so it was not something that I expected at all to go through. Not in the slightest, had no idea. <laughs> So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's great that you weren't exposed to the mental health issues of life prior to that, but, it, I mean, I also love that you've gone through it because you now can help others through that experience and I think that's what you – I think that's why you want to be on this podcast and what you want to continually to do going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I am um, 
I don't regret anything that happened. Like, obviously, it was a terrible time um, at the particular time and I wanted it to be over. I just wanted to feel better. But I, you know, now looking back on it, I definitely don't regret that it happened because there was no way that I would have had the same empathy or the same care that I do now um, after going through what I did. Like, what I went through is nothing compared to people who deal with it on a daily basis because I would say I have very mild anxiety now. Like I still get anxiety, but it's very mild and I know how to control it. I am, but, and there's people that deal with it all the time uh, on a much bigger basis, but I know what it feels like to be there. And at that point, so in that moment, feeling like it's not going to actually ever end. And I've actually been able to help people now when they're having their anxiety attacks, because I know that it is going to end and I can tell them this ends, like this is going to stop. Yeah, yeah. You just have to wait it out. Um, And there is no way I would have, yeah, had any of the empathy or any of the understanding that I do now or the care that I do about people who have mental health issues if I hadn't gone through that. So, in other words, you're grateful. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I am. Grateful for a really shit experience. (laughs) Yes, and it also... um, it also made me, I guess, appreciate everything. This, so I've got another daughter now. She's only one and a half. And it made me really appreciate everything and take it in more the second time around. I, I was lucky enough. There's a 50% chance that you'll get it again if you've had it once before. But I was, um, and I was also pretty scared um, when I found out. Like I was really excited that I was having another girl. But um, the doctors, I do, the, my obstetrician actually said to me, um, for some people having female babies, uh, it's a higher chance of having postnatal depression. So I was like, yay, another girl. Like, that's amazing. But I was also like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope it doesn't happen again. And I was lucky enough that it didn't happen again. But the fact that it didn't happen again made me grow more grateful this time around. And I really took everything in because I feel like I did miss out a on a little, well, I missed out on a little bit of the newbornism of my first one because of what I was going through. So, I mean, let's let's talk about this, the symptoms that you were you were going through and what you learned about those before we go into how you sort of got through that and what you learned. Let's talk about what it was. What was the reality of the situation for you on a sort of day to day basis? Um, so it really all started out from my one huge anxiety attack, which I actually didn't know what it was at the time that it was happening. I thought that it was like a physical issue because that's usually like what I've been taught. You don't feel well, like, you know, go to the doctors. There must be something wrong physically with me, which, they, you know, I mean, there is, but I didn't realize it was like a, a mental health, <laughs> a mental health issue. And um, I literally like, as you know, you know, cause I know that you've had anxiety and stuff before you feel like you're having a heart attack, um, that I was dying, I couldn't breathe properly. The world was going to end. Um, my husband, luckily he was there, but he hadn't like, he was not equipped to deal with <laughs> the situation yeah. at, at all. Um, and you just like say, he's very good at other things. Yeah. <laughs> you just say the silliest things in the moment. You believe that it's that those things are true. And that was the beginning of it. Um, but uh, he did the right thing because he took me straight to a GP. And um, where I actually, I actually had, didn't say this in my um, 
in my video, the, the live that I did uh, where I shared my story because there's so much to the story that I was like, I have to try and squeeze this into half an hour. I don't want to keep people that long time. But I actually collapsed while I was in there at the GP. Um, I don't know. I still don't really know if it was some kind of mental breakdown, but he called the ambulance and that's why I ended up in hospital for a night after that. Um, and that was kind of a lucky thing for me because a whole team came in and they were like, right, what are we going to do? You, they actually said to me, you'll be surprised how often this happens, <laughs> which um, they dealt with it before. Obviously, I hadn't. And, uh, yeah, they said, look, we're going to send a team to your house and we'll try and get this sorted out for you. So it probably was a good thing that that happened because I started to take the steps to be able to kind of sort it out. But in regards to your question where you said what was day-to-day activity like, I actually, there was a period of time where I couldn't be alone at all. I had someone with me like 24 hours of the day because my anxiety was so bad that I felt like I couldn't function and I would have sort of mind blanks and not realize what I was doing. And I obviously that adds to the anxiety because you're trying to look after, a, you know, a human that, um, you know, you, you love more than anything, again, adds to the anxiety because what if I stuff this up? Um, and I was afraid that like I'd be warming up her bottle or something and like something with the hot water, I could hurt myself or whatever. So that all adds on top of all the anxiety. So I kind of had to have someone with me. My husband took time off work. My mum did, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister. I was just lucky that I had the family support to be able to be with me when I needed it. And that's, that's fantastic. And I think, We've all got stats in some way or another. I think it's, it's better when it's family, but I think anyone listening, you know, reach out to friends or or whatever because, as you just said, the doctors when you went in and said they'd seen it that many times before and I think so many people are, don't want to actually do what you just did and share the fact that you passed out because it's a sign of weakness. In I've got, I'm, I'm on podcast and I'm doing the bloody commas out the side here. Um, but... It's a sign of, but, but in reality, it's a sign of someone that's trying to push through something incredibly difficult that it just pushes them to the point where the body goes, honestly, and excuse my language, but the body's going, fuck you, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing to do is just to pass out. Like it, it's, um, and it's, I love how you described it. It feels like, yeah, yeah, if you're having a bit of a heart attack and, yeah. um, I, it's not this podcast isn't about me, but I remember I was going through a, a really, um, tumultuous breakup and I was in the gym and my chest I started having feeling anxiety and I actually was doing pull-ups or something and I sort of passed out hit my head and yeah. I, I was like I've, got, I've had a heart attack and I yeah. basically talked myself into that and they're like your heart's actually perfectly healthy yeah. and I'm like oh my god like this is so embarrassing like everyone at the a pack good life gym is like Who's this nutbag who's just passed out? Um, who, yeah, who actually didn't have anything wrong with him? It's just anxiety. It was, it was, um, and that's. I mean, what I've learned now, and I think hopefully this might resonate with you. But being a new mum, anxiety probably comes from the fear that you must be perfect and that um, you must always sort of get what you want. You've got a newborn baby and all of that gets thrown out and, you know, you expect the baby to always love you and like you when it's not, it's crying and it's, it's yeah. emotional, which which we take as 
parents like, oh, no, the baby doesn't like me. So that sets off anxiety. When I say those things, does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like at the beginning, I was the reason why I didn't really tell a lot of people was because um, you said, you know, that you feel like you've got to be perfect all the time. I didn't actually, I knew one person who had gone through postnatal depression out of my group of friends. Um, none of them that I, well, none of them had gone through it. Um, and none of them really shared at that particular time, the difficulties that they had had, um, you know, with their babies, they sort of never told me that, yeah, it's, it's really hard. And they, after I spoke about it, then everyone creeps out of the woodworks and they're like, yeah, it's so hard. Um, you know, at times it's also amazing as well, but I also had a baby who, not getting into these issues, but she has a, she had a severe milk protein allergy. So she cried pretty much the first two weeks nonstop, which I didn't realize there was anything wrong with her. And I thought, this is it. This is motherhood. This is like the baby's just never going to stop crying. (laughs) I didn't realize that it was something that, you know, I knew that there was something kind of off, but Again, you take them to doctors and not everyone was aware of that and they kind of make it make you feel like you're, you know, overprotective or you're going crazy or they made me feel like um, my worries sort of weren't real and that yeah. added to everything when they really were because we did find out about five weeks down the track that she had that serious milk protein allergy and she just cried all the time. And, yeah, that's not her fault, but I think that added to everything. Obviously not sleeping um, adds directly to depression and anxiety, which I also didn't realise until after I had depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, so not sleeping for the first two weeks probably didn't help and that's probably where the giant anxiety attack came in and then also the collapsing because like exactly like you said, you said um, your body just goes, oh, I can't deal with this anymore and that's it. I was out. <laughs> yeah, I think um, what I've learned is that we don't pay our body enough respect through that time. Yeah. Our, our, body is set up, our body is set up to protect us mm-hmm. um, and to send signals. It's, it's, yeah, so when that happens, we need to, we need to respect it. And so you, you've collapsed, then you've taken time to heal and work through things, have the support around you. Um, I guess what what does that sort of next stage? What did that next stage look like through that period? Because, um, yeah, inc- incredibly difficult time. And, and then then is that also that added pressure that oh someone has to be here all the time? I've, yeah, yeah, I that isn't what I want. Yeah, I didn't like that either because I didn't. I felt like I was being a burden on them, like them having to come over all the time. And like you said, you've got you're supposed to be looking after your body, and that's a really hard thing to do when you've got a newborn that you're trying to look after as well. And there were so many things that I wasn't doing. Obviously, you can't rest. Like people say, oh, you know, like rest, but you really can't (laughs) when you have a baby that's crying all the time and you have to feed all the time. And even breastfeeding takes a lot physically from you, um, which I didn't realise. I thought, oh, you just do it and, you know, like the milk comes out, you feed the baby like that's it. But um, you're supposed to eat more, drink more. I didn't know any of this and I was just eating and drinking like what I normally would, but you're supposed to consume like an extra 700 calories a day or something. And I was just losing weight. I was just getting skinnier and skinnier. And everyone was looking at me going, I think I was like 46 kilos or something because the baby's taking all your, all your food. Um, 
as well. So I was not looking after myself. I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't drinking because you're just worried about the baby. But um, look, I went to a, I saw a psychiatrist. I can't remember if it's a psychiatrist or a psychologist now. Um, the one that can give you drugs, which one's that one? <laughs> psychiatrist. <Yeah>, psychiatrist. <laughs> um, I went and she was the one like who was the one that said, you've got postnatal depression and anxiety. And it was, I was like, no, I don't. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't think that I No, no. No, I was like, well, that's be it. it must be something else. Uh, but, yeah, she kind of explained it to me because I felt like I, um, I hadn't had a lot of experience um, with it before. So I was, it was kind of like I was like, oh, it took me a while to come to terms with it. But then I, at the beginning I thought, okay, I, I can accept the fact that I've got anxiety, but I don't have depression. Um, and it took me a while to realise that uh, you're having some really – not great thoughts right now yeah. yeah you've got depression as well so it's just like you just don't want to have that label but is there's really nothing wrong with it but at the time you're just yeah you're like no that's not me but it definitely was <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's in the moment you see it as such a weakness and yeah um, but, but in reality we all go through stages of, of anxiety and depression it's depression is simply to be stuck in the past and um, anxiety is to be worried about things that are out of your control rather than living in the present moment. So um, and going from not being a mum to being a mum, that that changes everything. And we spoke briefly about that off off line, but that and I'm, I'm not a mother and I don't <laughs> know what new technology is coming out there, but I don't think I'll ever be a mother. Um <laughs> But that changes everything for you and like mothers would know this, but what was it like? Like your whole world had just changed. Yeah, and that's where I think um, I think there was a lot of things that contributed to it. There's so many different factors, uh, but one of the things was the fact that I always had this really strong sense of self, like I still do now, but at the time I felt that I felt like I lost that because I was, you know, I had a really good career at the time um yeah working friends a social type of very social type of person and then all of a sudden you can't really go anywhere I'm not working uh I went from running like 180 staff to like leapfrogging on the floor you know like pretending to be a frog to make my baby laugh type thing like it's a (laughs) it's a and no one to talk to like it's really lonely it can be really lonely as well Um, so your life completely, and I didn't feel like, I thought that I just had to be mum June. I didn't realise that I could still be me and then be a mum at the same time. It took me a while to realise that I'm not gone. Like just because Mm -hmm. I am in stinky spew clothes all day and I haven't showered for three days, like, (laughs) because I haven't had the time to, like, I can still, I'm still me. And yeah. yeah, it took me a while to realize that I'm still there. Like you don't just disappear when you have a baby. Um, and once I realized that I am still here, I can. It is important to still do the things that I like doing that make me me. And I can still be a mum at the same time. But once I realized that I could do that, that's when I started to get better. As well as doing all the things like seeing the psychiatrist, I went on medication as well. Thanks again for listening to the PSV podcast. I'd like to just quickly interrupt you to share some exciting news. 
Recently, I was accepted onto the TV show The Venture All Stars, which is produced by Charity Global TV. In the process, I need to raise $10,000 for Mindful Oz, and I'm so excited about this opportunity. I'd love your help in any way, and I'll share all of the links in the show notes. And you can check it all out as I embark on the next 10 months and then go on the adventure of a lifetime. Thanks again for listening, and if you would like anything, please reach out. I guess before we go on to what else you did to sort of help yourself and then we'll go on to second child where you didn't have this the same experience. It was a different version of you, a version where you had learnt a lot and you, you put it I guess you put it into practice. Yeah. How important was it and what did the people around you do that really benefit you? Because uh, I read this book once that was called The Power of the Other because we are nothing without the people around us. Now, it doesn't mean we rely on them, but they have an important um, part to play. I mean, what your husband and I think he's definitely your husband. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if your family, I was like, uh, but you've got the same last name, so yes. Um, what did, what did you know, what are the things they did to help you? Oh, if I didn't have them... I don't know how I would have got through that. My husband was just like the biggest rock. It was like because he was the familiar for me before I had a baby. He was kind of like my link to, you know, who I am, like help me be me at the same time as being a mum. Like I still, I I was lucky where I didn't go through the, I didn't, there's nothing wrong with if you did go through this, but I didn't want to. I never had thoughts of hurting my baby or like, you know, throwing my baby or anything like that. I um, still had that connection with her, but I also knew at the same time um, the reason why I wasn't able to rest and get better was because she was she was there. Um, but just him being there and listening to me, like especially when you have anxiety and you have all these cra- like I was having all these crazy thoughts, like I am never going to go out for dinner again. I am never going to be able to hang out with my friends. I'm never going to have that life again. And just to have someone listen to you and just like not even tell you tell you that you're being silly, just to actually listen and to let you get it off your chest, I think that's what helped the most. Like sometimes it was, it's kind of like a shutdown sometimes when people say, oh, you're being ridiculous. Like don't say mm-hmm. that. Sometimes you just need someone to go, yeah, I might feel it. you might feel like that at the moment and just like acknowledge those thoughts. And he did a lot of that. Like I have an amazing mum. Um, she is amazing, but like I said, it's sort of the old school mentality where she was like, just think happy thoughts, you know, and think positive and you'll be fine. You can snap out of it. I, and I remember just like having a go at her saying, you have no idea what this feels like. So can you try and just listen and stop like shutting me down when I'm trying to explain to you like what I'm feeling right now? And that was kind of a couple of weeks in and that was the first time she kind of stopped and went, okay, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> and from there, and I, yeah. I guess that's sorry to cut you off. I guess yeah. like yelling at your mum that you love and that is probably a really hard thing. But sometimes you need to tell them exactly what you need yeah. because they yeah. don't understand it, and that's okay that they don't understand. So you, you, I think this is really important, especially for mums, is tell other people what you need in that yeah. time as well. Yeah. And especially yelling at my mum is the scariest thing in the world because she is like she can get really angry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just picturing a reality TV show where um, it's a, a Filipino mum that's been introduced to the guy, like bachelor or or whatever, and the 
Yeah, the, you always see it, and then you don't want to be in that. No, room. you don't mess. You don't mess with Filipino mum. She'll like chase you down with a slipper and smack you with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Answering back to an elder um, in like Filipino culture is is like that's that's bad. Like yeah, but yeah, you know I had to and. Um, that worked because she actually repeated that to me more like a few months down the track when I was feeling better. She said, I, I thought I'd better shut up when you told me that I have no idea what you're going through. So, so I did. And from then on, she was much better. Oh, I think that's fantastic that you had in that moment <clears throat> the ability to stand up and just say, this is what I need in this time. And when you're going through it, I think the worst thing, is that you are already going, I shouldn't be feeling like this for, some, yeah. for someone yeah. to then basically say that same thing back to you. It just creates this this storm inside of you and this extra. So you just, you know in yourself how silly some of the things you are thinking and, and saying are. You just need, I think, what your husband did by just listen, validate and almost park it. Just let it sit yeah. there yeah. because... We're, we're all here. We all understand it's irrational, um, but it's better out than in sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And so. later on when when I'd calm down, you know, then he would say, you will go out for dinner again. <laughs> yeah. You might yeah. feel like you can now, but, like, in a couple of months she'll be bigger, um, she'll be more settled, which does happen, like, especially in the newborn time, you feel like it's never going to end, but it does end and I know that now and that's why – I think the second time around was a lot better because I knew that everything just happens in phases. Like newborn phases, like they cry a lot, they poop a lot, they feed a lot, and you don't get much. I mean, you get cuddles in return, but they can't. They don't really smile yet. They don't make sounds. They don't really look at you very much. So you don't get too much um, uh, like reaction back. But once that does start coming, that's when it, it starts to get better. They start to get more settled, you know, they get cuter and smilier and react to you more. It's, there's, there's two things there. When you said eat a lot, poop a lot and cry a lot, that sounds like <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> but the other, the other thing to that is it, I can only imagine it's a really true test of a parent's ego because you are you are not getting anything in return, really. They're not really giving you anything in those early years. So you think you're going to get this full love and attention off this baby, but this baby only wants things. It doesn't yeah. give things. And yes. um, yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that really tests a person's ego. Yeah. Like it's still, ama- like it's still amazing. And she was it's, as crazy as it seems like she, I mean, like obviously – part of the reason why I was on, well, the reason why I was unwell, but at the same time, like she was also getting me through it because my days were, oh, she smiled today. Like, that's amazing. I remember the first time she smiled and when my husband would get home, I'd be like, I I swear she tried to like, she made a little sound and like that was my excitement for the day. (laughs) I was like, oh, guess what? She made this noise. And, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, cool. But that was, like, really exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just picturing my future when I get home and there's a little noise that's been yeah. made and I'm hearing the same thing and I'm going, okay, cool. He'd get to the door just... and, I, yeah, he'd get to the door and I would be clinging to him like a person to speak to, like listen to my day. And I'd follow him and he'd be like, babe, can I just go to the toilet? Like am I able to shut the door? <laughs> or the bathroom? Or, I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you just go and, and, that's, and that brings up another, I guess, another great point and why it's so important for, for mothers to have an outlet for other people to speak to. And whether they're going through shit or whether they're not going through shit, you're all new to being a mum or you're in an environment which, and I'm not trying to bag out dads or males, but we don't understand. We and we we never will, and that's not a bad thing. I, th- I think it's 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 just the way the world is. Um, so mums do need mums to speak to, and I think it's so important not to not to find a group of mums where you all just complain. But no. you know, just because that's just that's just that's another that's a story for another day. But find people who want to sort of work through these things, not get stuck, but also are, are okay to just as we said before with your husband. Park what's being said, validate it, and then at a later stage go, look, do you remember how you were saying that? Well, we're actually out for dinner now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it will eventually happen again. Yeah. So, I mean, what else did you do personally? Because in the end, you're the only one that really can make the changes, and you made the changes. What did you do? I um, went to all my psych appointments. It was really you probably have had experience with sometimes especially when you've got really bad anxiety where you feel like you can't leave the house it was really hard to get myself to go to them but I would try not to think about it too much I would just actually just do it without thinking about it and I'd try to get there early if I was thinking about it too much be like right just go because then you're there and then even if you're half an hour early, you're there and you just have to wait there till the lady comes to let you in mm-hmm. um, to make sure that I went. And I remember being so exhausted like after the sessions because it takes a lot to actually like get out and get there. But then I knew she was helping me because she would um, give me all the right tools so that when I felt the anxiety coming on, uh, I knew how to actually deal with that. Whereas I didn't know how to deal with that on my own. She taught me how to deal with those things and also what my triggers were so I could sort of try to make sure that you know I was having like 50 cups of tea a day which not realizing that that's a lot of caffeine um, which obviously adds to your anxiety Um, something that I never thought about before and I actually don't have any caffeine now at all um, because I know that that I'm pretty sensitive to it it triggers my anxiety um, as well so yeah, I don't. That's something that I learned from that point on, and um, trying to not take on too much. So I would feel guilty that people would want to come over and see the baby, and I just wasn't feeling up to it sometimes. Um, and she told me that you know, if you feel like you you can't deal with it, you don't need to take it on. You can just we'll reschedule. Like it's not a big deal, and um, that helped a lot too because I felt really bad because everyone obviously wants to see the baby. Um, but sometimes I wasn't in the right, you know, frame of mind to be able to deal with that. So just, um, making sure I didn't take on too much day, uh, too much in my day and feel like I had to do, I felt like I had to do it all, but she kind of was the one that told me that it's okay to not do everything, like just get through each day, um, as much as you can. And then, you know, eventually it does get better. I also ended up going um, on medication as well. I wasn't sure whether I, I really tossed up whether I should or I shouldn't. Um, but I was in a situation where I was not functioning at all because of the anxiety. And I had those people with me all the time. And I'm like, I can't have someone with me 24 hours for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> um, 
And for me, I know that it doesn't work for everybody, um, but for me, it definitely allowed me to get it under control enough that then I could get a handle on it myself. So for me, it did help me and I was able to actually wean myself off it, like with the doctor's help, obviously, um, before she was six months old. So I was completely off everything um, in that time frame. Yeah. That's that's awesome to hear because, I mean, the longer you're on medication, and I know this from experience, the more reliant you become on it, but also the more your body just basically treats it like water. Yeah. (laughs) It just doesn't do anything. I wasn't even on it for that long, but the side effects to get off it, even for me, like um, the brain zaps and uh, just feels like, I don't know if you've ever had that, it's like a little electric shock in your in your brain. Um, they told me that that was going to happen. That is the weirdest thing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going through it now. I'm weaning off my medication at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. I, I urge people now going through it, not to do it without help. Yeah. And, and really, and the really the closest people to you, they must be aware of it. So if they can pick up some of the, 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 I guess the repercussions of it pretty quickly and, and be able to create those spaces or that boundaries those boundaries around you because yeah it's it can be pretty dangerous yeah I didn't realize I didn't realize that <laughs> this time but it's <laughs> well no no one does and hopefully people can take out of this not to just go off it really no. because yeah. it's it's better to be safe than to go off it uh, yeah so I mean, um, great! You, you're pushing through to the six month period. How did that? How did that next few years look for you? I know we're trying to let's we're trying to bunker a couple of years into into a couple of minutes, but how did that look? Um, in terms of men- mental health care wise, <laughs> yeah, and and business wise. I mean, what because because the mental health had to be taken care of. You had to take control of yourself yeah. before other things started to flow. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I was pretty lucky that um, I was able to get a handle on it um, in a short period of time. Like, um, uh, I guess, I mean, six months isn't a super long time to, I mean, it does feel like that at the time, but (laughs) in hindsight, it's not a super long time. Um, But after going off the medication, I know it does numb a lot. So once I sort of felt like I was off it, I kind of felt bad because I felt like I was, had been in some sort of a haze with my daughter and now I was really able to, felt like I could enjoy it more um, because I'm, I think, I'm guessing it was a medication sort of numbs a lot of feelings almost. Um, yeah, so I was okay. I actually was occasionally suffering from anxiety but I knew when that would be triggered is when maybe she'd have a few bad nights sleep. And then obviously I'm not sleeping and that obviously added to it, but I, it was really good because of the psychiatrist that I saw. I knew that if that was starting to happen, I need to say to my husband, okay, you're going to have to pick up for me tonight and help me with a couple of these feeds because I'm feeling the anxiety start and I can't get to that point again. Um, mm. <laughs> once you get yeah. to that point, it's like a never-ending cycle, as you would know. Um, so yeah, I'm just really lucky. I had a really good support of him and even my mum sometimes, um, would, she loved it anyway, but she would offer to come around and, um, help with a couple of the nighttime wakings and things like that. So just making sure that even though I felt guilty for having to ask that, 
I did not want to be at that point again. So I knew I had to stop it before it came to that overwhelming anxiety stage again. So up until now, I still do that. Um, yeah, I've got, like I said, a one and a half year old now. And I know that when she has a few bad nights, I kind of have to say, okay, I feel the anxiety creeping up. I need you to take over tonight because I can't get up to her. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you, I'm going to be crazy cat lady. That's, like, that's unbelievable that you can, um, ask for help in times of weakness rather than, so you can find the strength within yourself to just go, I need help. Because like it's okay to need help and a mother more than anyone thinks that they have to do everything themselves. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think That's it's so, so powerful, um, oh, yeah. that message. Um, and that's tr- so true. I, at the beginning I thought that I had to do everything myself um, and it took somebody else to tell me that I didn't need to do everything myself for me to stop trying to do that. Um, but business-wise, uh so we had, we've had cafes, uh, well, my husband's had cafes the whole time or had like been part of a family-owned business the whole time we've been together. We've been together for 17 years. Um, and when my daughter was just before she turned two, so my eldest daughter, um, he bought a cafe in Hillsville and because I was only working part-time, that was the first time I kind of uh, really – was involved in this particular business. And uh, what I was doing beforehand was running, I guess, more well, businesses or stores or whatever for other people. Uh, so I used to be retail operations and training manager for a couple of um, companies before that. So I actually really enjoyed that I could use what I'd learned in those previous jobs with my husband's uh, new cafe and before my eldest daughter turned two was when I decided that I was going to do my own sort of sole trader business on my own, as well as helping my husband with his um, cafe. And that was kind of the first time. So that would have been, yeah, five and a half years ago now, or five years ago, um, when I did my first sole trader type business on my own. And I felt like um, part of what I'd learned was with my mental health um, struggle was that um, not to lose the bits of me that um, made me me and that's why I decided I was going to do that was because um, a lot of the stuff that I love about myself um, is like I guess being I guess not not leading (laughs) not being a manager but um, yeah being role model and not a not even a role model, like entrepreneurial or um, kind of having different ideas and yeah, just having something that was for myself. So that's when I decided to start my first small business was because I needed to have or have that creative outlet as well um, of the business that I was creating and something that was just for me and made me feel like me. Brilliant. Um, it was, I mean, and. So fast forward a couple of years, you come to your second birth and, yeah. um, you know, we talk about, we might have talked about this off, off air, but you talked about the fact that 50% chance you'll have, might have been on this podcast, I don't know, yeah. um, is you talked about the chance it was 50% likelihood that you would get um, post-order depression again, but you didn't. 
I mean, how do you go through that a process of fear and anxiety about it happening again? But um, you're able to manage to to not fall back into that. What would I? Do, what I would imagine would be a pretty horrible state to be in. Yeah, um, this time it was even scarier because now there's a lot more writing on it. Like now I, the first time I didn't have a child to worry about, now I have a child that if I lose my mind again, it's not only like I'm putting her at risk and my new baby at risk. So it was even scarier the second time around. It's also probably why we waited so long. So my children are five years apart. Um, That was a big part of the reason was because both myself and my husband were terrified of losing me because I almost feel like I was at a point where I almost lost myself. Like I was almost completely gone, like for, for a while there. And I didn't want to be at that point again. And maybe I wouldn't come back from it. That was, you know, the fear that I had that maybe I couldn't pull myself out of it the second time around. So I did everything the opposite that I did the first time around. Um, I prepared myself Um, so physically I went to start seeing a naturopath a year and a half before falling pregnant to sort of make sure, because they actually found out, um, after my first daughter that my hormones were like, whoa, that not where they were supposed to be, which happens to a lot of mums. Um, and the second time around, so I went to a naturopath, she did a lot of blood works, made sure that my hormones were in a right place to begin with before we started trying. Um, I went through an obstetrician, so I had private care this time because a, another part of it was um, sort of the stress of the – it's meant to be a lot better now, but the public hospital system that I went through. Um, yep. So I went through a whole different avenue this time as well. Um, and also just knowing that I still had my psychiatrist there if I needed. Um so if anything did happen, I knew she was there and we'd be able to sort through it. So, um, I, yeah, it basically took me a year and a half before we even started trying <laughs> to sort of make sure I was in the right state physically and, and mentally before we even went down that path again. <laughs> not because we didn't want to have oh, more. You bring up a, a great point, not just with kids, but to help people around us, we need to be in the best state we can be. Thanks again for listening to the PSV podcast. If you're like me and you've been struggling through this lockdown period or you've at times felt anxious, stressed or depressed and you're not sure what to do, one of the main things I've done is slow down in this process and it's been so great for me to do that. And as you notice, I just slowed down then to think about what I was going to say next. One of the tools I've been using to help myself is meditation and I was fortunate enough to put myself in a position where I met Nick Sutherland at MindFit. Nick Sutherland at MindFit is now running online meditation classes. So if you check out mindfit.com.au, you'll find a lot more details. If anything, it's worth just giving it a shot. You've got nothing to lose. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. For me, if, if I want to be a therapist, I can't be a therapist who's going home and, you know, medicating myself on alcohol. Yeah. Like, that's so counterproductive and I mean I know I've seen it um worked with mums that put themselves last so to hear you go into this second pregnancy with the fact that you know you put yourself first for for a good amount of time to make sure that you were you were ready to be that rock 
Um, I think that's so admirable and, and that's that to me isn't inspiring um, because it just, well, it just is. I don't need a reason. <laughs> I'm trying to justify it, but I don't need a reason. It's just inspiring. Um, I mean, so, yeah, it's just yeah, I, now it's, I mean, it, it's at the point where you're not really thinking about yourself so much. Well, you're thinking about, you know, well, I was thinking about my oldest daughter and that, yeah, I needed to be able to be okay because for her to be okay, I've got to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's you can't help a bum if you're sitting in the gutter with him. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I think it's, it brings it back to the, um, you know, you see famous people with lots of money and um, when we go through something like COVID, everyone's like, oh, they should be donating, mate, donating money. It's like, well, if they just donate all their money, they're just going to be sitting with the person that's, you know, in the fire ravage town or whatever. Like, we've got to be realistic about this. Like, um, that's a story for another day as well. Let's not get off track. Um, I guess is there anything before we t- we go on to the next the next topic, which we we've you know we've touched on a little bit. You know, is there anything else you'd like to add? Maybe some advice to mothers, mothers who might be going through um, some postnatal depression or future mums that are a bit tentative or scared or or anything like that. Um, just that it does get better. Uh, you feel like at the particular time that it's not going to. Um, and there was a particular time that I was had was having suicidal thoughts, which if I had done that, I would I would have missed out on the best times of my life with my daughter because she's been the best thing that has ever happened, including my second daughter. So don't act in the moment, just keep on going because it 100% can get better, does get better. They um, get more reactive, as like I said, and they're the best things, you know, that you'll ever do with your life. So um, take the time to try and be yourself too because it's it's easy to feel like you, you're losing bits of yourself but you're not still there. Um, sometimes you just need to say to your husband, you know, I just need like 20 minutes, I need to go for a walk on my own just to not have a human hanging off me for just two seconds. And if you've got a good partner, they'll be like, go, <laughs> get out and do it. Um, and that's been a big can I, can I add? Can yeah. I add? It doesn't need to be the partner. Now, I've, I'm, I love kids. So, like, yeah. I, I think as well, ask your friends and family, if we go yeah. back 20, yeah. 30, 40 years, I, I remember as a kid, I was at my my friend's parents' house all the time. Like. <laughs> Hand the baby off. The friends and family as a whole would love that. Like I can yeah, guarantee that most people would. Um, so yeah, don't just ask the husband. Like fend off, yeah. fend off. Give the handball to the family friends. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm in, I'm in a lucky situation, and that's where I actually really feel for mums at the moment who don't have that. Um, you know, option to be able to say, hey, mum, come over and watch the kids for a minute so I can have a moment to myself. So that's another part of the reason why uh, when I shared my story, we were right in the middle of, I don't know which lockdown that was. Who knows? They're all like blending in together now. Um, Yeah, it's just 2020. Exactly. Uh, But, you know, hopefully we're on the way out of that now and there is light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a great point. It's probably a really good segue there. And uh, we have been hit with COVID and we spoke a little bit privately, you know, about 
the struggles that that have come with that with with business owners and uh, what drew me to you uh, only probably six months ago. When when did you start? You started about six months ago. In June um, is when I launched the page. Oh. Yeah. Oh, geez, not even that long ago. It's been in my mind for a long time, but I launched the page only in actually June. <laughs> uh, I can, it was, so it's called Community Collabs, so anyone wants to listen, uh, check it out. I'll share the share everything in the show notes and the Facebook posts and everything. But basically what, you, what you've done is, it, as Community Collabs, the word, the, the title sounds, is just bringing communities together and collaborating and small businesses um, because something at the moment which we're struggling with, um, myself included, is the fact that income isn't as high as what it was and small businesses are suffering. Um, I'm doing Uber Eats as well. Um, so I see the cafes and little businesses who are now got two staff absolutely run off their feet because they, it's a completely different – I mean, why did you get this off the ground? And, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, probably – so speaking about, um, you know, trying to still find something that, is being yourself. I carry this, I have this list where um, it's, I kind of write down all the things that I want to be or that I want to be a part of. And from that list came this idea. It was 2019 before even COVID, which I just love. Like we've always had small businesses. So my husband's still got one now. I've got another one that, so my husband's got a hospitality business. I've got one, um, a sole trader business, which is currently in hibernation don't know when that's going to be able to start again um and I had this idea for another business the end of 2019 to um promote small businesses like on a page or have a platform to promote them on and I have a background in training I'm a qualified trainer and assessor as well so I really like courses workshops that type of thing So I kind of had this idea to sort of originally it was going to be a place where other businesses could come to run their workshops. And then fast forward to March 2020, uh, COVID happened. And I was putting, my business was put into that who knows how long hibernation. And I thought this idea that I've had is actually the perfect time to start working on it. Um because, I mean, our businesses had been affected, but we being in small business for as long as we have, we've got so many friends that are also in small business and the way they were being affected was like a million times worse than how we'd been affected. And I wanted to be able to try and help them, but, I mean, like there's not a lot that one person who doesn't have a lot of money <laughs> can really do. Yeah. Um, so I decided to start, yeah, working on the page then and the idea that was supposed to be a place where people come to show off their businesses turned out to be a page um, and initially I just started doing posts on other businesses and then I thought I can't really just tell other people about what these businesses are doing. I need to show them what they can do. So that's when I started Virtual Ventures, um, which is a segment on my page which is where other businesses come on. And they do a workshop or an online event, like a dance class. I've had like musicians on and they showcase what it is that they do do. And it's free. So like people at home who are bored, going crazy in lockdown, can learn something, can join in on something, actually have something to look forward to because yay, the things like there's actually events happening. 
um, even though it's all online. And um, the businesses all promote each other. Um, the page promotes them. They promote my page. Um, the community comes and watches, loves what they do, ends up following this other business and trying to support them as well. So it's been working out so well. The friendships, like I'm only up to round two of virtual ventures and the friendships that have been made between like all of us is just, yeah, it's crazy. It's been like the best part of it probably is the support network that's been created. And how important, I guess, how important is that for not just your mental health but the other business owners because this, this and I, I actually sent an email to someone last night Financially, we're struggling, um, myself and my fiance, but mentally, emotionally and physically, we're flying. So a lot of businesses are financially struggling, but I think things like what you're doing are creating that that balance with the other three aspects to life, which enables you to give, a, give you a little bit more power. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could have wallowed <laughs> because... Because, I mean, my husband's business, we're so lucky because his takeaway is still being able to have been operating. But obviously um, a big part of, so he's a mobile coffee van for those of you that, well, obviously people listening who don't know, but um, he's one of his biggest forms of income was events. And that obviously is not happening right now. Um, But he was lucky he was able to keep operating as is, but we sort of just tried to even though I haven't been able to run my other business at all through most of this time, um, I don't regret that because I've been able to build this, uh, which has been a million times, like it'd be the best thing I've ever done. Like I'm not really making a lot of money and that wasn't the aim to begin mm. with. Um, I'm just doing it because I love it. Like I just love doing it and it's been something to, if I didn't have this, I actually don't know how I would have coped with lockdown. Um, it's been something to look forward to every day to keep me motivated, to keep me working. I've got something to work towards. And I think that if you're trying to help other people, like you'll never get over it. So it's not something that I run out of fuel for. I just, I just want to do it. Like, I think about it all the time, like every day, like I'm, I'm actually unsure if it's unhealthy. (laughs) I might have an unhealthy obsession with it, but I just, (laughs) I just love doing it so much. I think just setting yourself up for when lockdown ends to get away for a week as a family would probably be the, the sort of the breaker to that just to – because at the moment I think every, a lot of people probably fall into that trap where they're just doing something all the time because there is nothing else to do. And for you it's for you it's, it's this um, great business, but for others it's sleeping or drinking or yeah. – whatever it might be for other people. So um, when this, it's really important that we just understand it and acknowledge it and then when time comes, we, we break that up a little bit and hopefully it'll be, yeah, go away for weekends with the family. And, I mean, with the coffee, if there's events, going out and helping with that just to get your mind onto something else and interacting. So um, completely lost, lost, lost my train of thought because I'm just – I love what you're doing. So it's – I, I could go any which way with it and I could speak to you about it for hours, but what, you know, what's your aim now with it? I, I've just recently seen you have, um, you're starting up, um, what, I don't know, small business founder program. Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. So, um, because my background, part of my background is in running courses or like a training and assessment background. I actually had like, after starting this page, a lot of people inboxing me or coming to me saying, 
um, okay, so I need help with this part of my small business or can you help me with this or um, I've seen how you've done this, can you tell me what your advice is on that? And I kind of actually thought like I really like giving them help and I I really like, um, I don't know everything but just obviously but just being like even just a couple of years ahead of someone else and then being able to help them through that um, is something and to give everyone needs, like I've got business mentors that I go to or um, to ask for advice and everyone needs that sort of hand. And I've been felt really honored that people would think, oh my, I was like me coming to me um, <laughs> information about that. So um, I was like, I'm going to make a course for people who want to start their own small businesses uh, because even though that we are going through a tough time at the moment, there have been so many amazing things that have come out of this time. And yeah, lots of people realizing that they don't want to go back to their shit job once this ends. Um, they're realizing what's really important and they're deciding like, you know what, things can be taken away from you in a second. So I want to go for my dreams. And that's awesome. So yeah, I created a course called Founder. It actually, the live version starts on Thursday, but you can join in on it anytime after that. So Thursday, the 24th of September, but you can join in on any time after that. And it's teaching other people um, sort of how to uh, just start up their first small business. So it's a mini course. It's only um, three, but they're big sessions and a whole lot of information goes up in there too, but just helping you get off the ground really with your first small business, if that's what you want to do. Go for it. <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's amazing because it's I mean being in business myself, it's I've seen the cost and the price of it, and that's just honestly it's cheap as cheap as chips to start a small business. But I also respect that when you're starting a small business um, financially, it's very hard. So yeah, you're kind of meeting people halfway. Um, I think it's so important as well that you're not just giving out free advice because that will lead you to burn out as well. Um, Speaking yeah. of someone with, ex- with experience there, um, I, you, need, yeah. you need a charge. Yeah, so. I do. Um, there is, uh, I have done quite a few mini workshops leading up to it that have been free advice um, as well. But uh, I think, yeah, it's something that I want to keep on doing. I've got like a another like 10 courses written down in my book here ready that I want to bring out, but one, one at a time. We'll do that one first. But um, I just remember when I first started up that uh, it was really hard to wade through Google and try to figure out what it was, what you needed to do to actually get started. And I wish there was someone that just came to me and said, okay, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. So I kind of tried to make that um, for other people so that they didn't have to go through that trouble and waste all the time that I did the first time I did it on my own. Yeah, it's it's um, not telling people what to do. It's it's enabling them to just learn from your mistakes, really. Yeah, and <laughs> and, also, and, pe- and pick up the good and giving them lots of options because I don't like those. No offense to anyone else, but those courses that say I have the exact blueprint, uh, exactly what you need to be successful. But I don't understand how that works because it's your small business and no one else knows what's right for it besides you. So when someone tells you, you must do this, you must do that, like I don't like that. I say you can do this or you can do that. You choose. It's your business. You decide what's best, what's going to work for you, what you want because you've got to work in it, not me. Yeah, and you can't follow one person's blueprint because your life might be completely different. Exactly. It's like me yeah. It's like me telling you that you have to do everything I do, but you've got your mum with two kids. That's not going to work. Like, you're not <laughs> going to have the same 
time stuff that I have. I've got more time. Like I don't have I've got less stress. Like it's that's just reality. So I think that's that in itself is a powerful statement. Um that's coming from someone that's started failed businesses and done all of it. Um I guess before we wrap up, mm-hmm. is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to add before we 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 sort of go away. We might we might reconvene and do another one at the start of next year and um, see how things are tracking along. Then that would be great. I would love that. Um, I don't think so. I think you've pretty much covered you've covered a lot. Well, you've covered a big a lot of grounds in that time. I'll probably think of something once we hang up, but not in this particular time, no. <laughs> so, so will I. It always happens. Um, <laughs> but what 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 I will do is I'll, I'll obviously share all the links in the show notes. So anyone that you know, interested can get a hold of you. If anyone does want to email myself or get in contact with June about any of the stuff we spoke about, I know you'd be more than happy to, you know, to use your experiences to help others, um, which is so powerful um, and, yeah, as I said, inspiring. So I just want to thank you for, for joining me and um, oh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to seeing where Community Collabs goes because it's a it's such a great initiative. Um, people that know, I mean, Yarra Valley and you know eastern suburbs. You know, we are a very close but sometimes very distant uh, community, and I think this is going to really help us um, into the future. So, well done and thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been the best, and I really love what you're doing too. Just by the way. <laughs> thank you I might, I might edit that out um, thanks for listening everyone um, be sure to reach out thanks for listening to Power Strength and Vulnerability the Mental Health Podcast if anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings please call Lifeline on 13 1144 for any further information or if you want to bring your story to life contact Shane at shane at vitalityfit.com.au That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y-F-I-T-T dot com dot A-U.